The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Delighted now to be joined by two very good friends of mine. Paul Byrne, fitness trainer, who's been looking after me for over a decade at this stage. And Keith Duffy from Boys Life. Now, there's a ton, couple of things I want to talk to you about. Thanks very much for joining us, lads. You're back in the charity activity again, Keith, I believe. You've took a little bit of a break with the Keith Duffy Foundation and raising money for autism, but you've decided to get back into it. I did, I did, Matt. I've been getting inundated with emails and direct messages on my social media from parents, young parents with young kids, and they're basically asking me for any type of help or guidance at all. It seems five years ago I had the last fundraising event, which was a golfing event, and my daughter Mia at the time was 18, and she she's come on in leaps and bounds, thank God, and she's doing very, very well, and she's a very independent young lady and five years ago she just asked me to take a back seat because she she was being identified as, as my daughter with special needs and she wanted to have her own identity so she kind of asked me to take a bit of a back seat um, and I needed to concentrate on my career at the time as well to be honest so um, you know it was it was the right time to take a break um, but just with the people I meet on the street and the emails that I receive it seems the country hasn't moved forward at all with the services for young children with autism and young adults with autism so I decided to, to get involved again to try and create some noise. I, I presumably Mia agreed to that, did she? Mia, Mia gave me the permission. She goes, go do what you do, Papa, is what <laughs> she said to me. Um, she speaks with a little bit of an American twang and she calls me Papa, but she said, yeah, do what you need to do. I had a chat with her. I said, little boys and girls with autism need some help and, and I need to go back. And, and she gave me her blessing. She did. Um, so, you know, I was doing a bit of a toe dipper with a golf day and uh, unbelievably it sold out overnight, which I'm absolutely delighted about. It's in St. Margaret's on the 22nd of September this year I was actually in a meeting all morning trying to put it together um, but also on top of that where um, myself and my good friend sit, sat here beside me Paul Bourne we're going to do a tri challenge in, in Africa where we fly into Nairobi on the 7th of October and we take on Mount Kenya and then we cycle across the African plains and then we row up the river the Tama um, so, so I have a few things coming up and but it's only the start of a lot to come Okay. Uh, tell us a little bit, Paul, I'll bring you in on this particular challenge. And the reason I ask it is that sounds like there's an awful lot of my, in, in that. Recently, we had the tragic deaths of two men in a triathlon, an Ironman down in Yall in County Cork. And I don't want to go into the, the circumstances of that day because there's a lot of things that still need to be learned. But it has brought up the issue about middle-aged men in particular taking on big physical challenges and whether they're able for it. How do you know as to whether you're going to be able for it? And what sort of training do you have to do for what you're doing? Well, it's like everything, Matt, uh, taking the moderation and training up to it. It's like if you're training for a marathon, you've got to start off with doing your 5K, 10K, and go up, bigger up as well. And same like triathlons, you don't go straight into an Ironman. You can start off with a sprint triathlon in an Olympic distance. And again, it's like everything else, you can be unlucky. The weather conditions for them, um, them unfortunate chaps was shocking the weekend, and there was a lot of things, factors that correct in, but safety has to be important with everything. And like this trip, we've got a doctor, we've got the best guides, we're with a company called the Earth's Edge. Um, so we are, we have the best of everything with us while we're doing it. And the training we've built up to it, we started off with small hikes. We've getting the fitness on the bikes as well. And we're bringing it up, up to, say, we're up to 1,000 metres, 5,200 kilometres that we're climbing. Um, it's a high altitude mountain and it is challenging as well. But we all have done something. And myself and Keith have done, we've done a couple of uh, mountains before. From Paul, please tell me you mean metres and not kilometres. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <meters. just> <laughs> please tell me. Sorry, did I say kilometres? <laughs> okay, yeah. that was extreme. That'd be a very high mountain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm well, glad he pulled me on that. I, I, I didn't need to go up a mountain to have a heart attack there. <laughs> okay. 
that is very tough though so you build up to that I mean, what have you done before though when you've gone you did Kilimanjaro once didn't you Kilimanjaro uh, Mount Elbrus uh, Machu Picchu we did um, there was one of the first ones we did um, Machu Picchu was a great one bless um, you we, we, uh, <laughs> we climbed the Andes for six days and you know during the day you're wearing your shorts and your t-shirt and the sun is blistering down but by the time you get to five o'clock you get to the top of a peak um, and once the sun goes behind the peak the temperatures can drop down to minus 15 so you literally have you know about 10 to 15 minutes to get out of your shorts and t-shirt get your long johns on get your hoodie on get your jammies on whatever you're wearing get into your sleeping bag close your tent and uh, and try and get some sleep um, and then you get up the next morning and we did this for, for six days all the Inca Trail is called across the Andes and um, then we, we arrived at Machu Picchu and, and it was an, it's an amazing vision to see but then we see a busload of people coming up the road and we realised we could have got a bus here <laughs> <laughs> why did we climb six mountains you know you can actually get a bus believe it or not up to Machu Picchu um, but we, we, we've done a lot of challenges over the years and Paul has always you know been, been I've been his wingman or he's been mine we've, we cycled from Geneva to Monte Carlo we cycled from Malaga to Ronda to Seville to Cadiz and back down to, to Gibraltar um, we, we did stage one of Tour de France we, we cycled during the trip from Geneva to Monte Carlo Paul and I jumped off and we actually did stage one of Tour de France which is Up the Wes which is a really crazy crazy climb and there's a there's a sign that says Up the Wes at the top so you, you know you can only get your picture with it if you cycle up there and you can and, get a bus up can you? you can't get a bus up that one no not, not up that trail um, we, we, we've, we've, we've challenged ourselves over the years to do various different things taking ourselves out of our com- comfort zones training hard um, because we're asking people for their donations we're asking people for their hard earned money to support us to support the charity and they're not going to sponsor us unless we're doing something out of our comfort zone unless we're pushing ourselves I don't believe we're, we're worthy of taking people's hard earned money if we're not pushing ourselves to the limits and, and, and Paul it's important thing you had actually decided to do all this and paid it all up before you decided yeah. actually we'll add a charity element onto it so you've paid your own way the everybody whole time. there's 12 of us doing it in the group all from the gym um, they're all professional people they're all really busy and they've paid everything in full and they're going to do it um, and we're going to do it in charity but like I was saying with Keith that I'd be a bit in awe with him because Keith has been very busy at the moment headlining festivals selling out arenas across the UK and doing a lot of other charity work like he was playing the World Cup final as well you know he's the only Irishman to play in a World Cup final <laughs> Hang on what do you mean by that explain that Keith Well we, we were invited over to Qatar to perform at half time in the quarterfinals between Holland and Argentina um, which was just a phenomenal myself and Brian McFadden have been working together for the past six years under the, the name Boys Life as, as you introduced um, and uh, one of the, when we get some cr- crazy uh, offers of gigs and one came up was we, we, would we go to Qatar to perform at halftime one of the football matches and we, we did and we were delighted to and it was an amazing experience it's very funny though over the years you get some in, in the business I was in I've had some amazing experiences back in the 90s and you forget you forget what you did um, I came home and said to my son Jay he asked me like, what was that like dad and I said it was just amazing to be in a full football stadium you know how, many, how many thousand people about 80,000 yeah, 80, 84,000 I think and uh, we, were, we were just performing a couple of songs and he said, but Dad, you've done that before. I said, no, I've never done that like that before, son. He said, you have, you have. And he scrolled the internet and he showed me a picture of me singing in the IX Stadium for the Champions League final, um, Juventus against Real Madrid, and I completely forgot. <laughs> Okay, why would you forget, Keith? Yeah, yeah, I, I might have a little sherry that night, man. You know, <laughs> he sang with Pavarotti. He sang with the Bee Gees, like stuff like it's amazing. The back catalogs. Well, that's when we started Boys Life. It was an autobiographical show. So, and lots of people have asked me to write a, 
book and I kind of thought I like to tell the stories so it was actually I'd just come off after doing six months in the West End um, with a Biddy Roach play called A Handful of Stars and I love the experience it's a very scary setting when you're in the centre of a, of a theatre in London and you're in the, in the half round and you've got a 12 page monologue it's, it's so much scarier than standing on stage in Hyde Park for example in front of 70,000 people you know when there's 130 people there looking at you and you're, you're trying to portray a different character but you're already well known it's difficult and after I finished that job I said I'd love to go out and do a one man show I'd love to challenge myself to do a one man show I got so close to doing it and then I got cold feet and I met up with Brian McFadden on the golf course and he says what are you doing I said I'm thinking about doing this autobiographical show Des Bishop I, I bumped into he said Look, don't write a play write your, write, write, write your life story he said stories I mean you must have great back, backstage stories of people that you performed can with can you actually tell all of them though um, I, can, I can tell a version of them <laughs> <laughs> so I told a very funny version and as they said and look you know what if you tell it and it's not that funny just change the ending you're the only one there nobody knows the difference <laughs> never, never let the truth ruin a good story um, but ultimately Brian joined forces with me and the two of us went on we, we sold out our first tour in like four hours you go loads of places well away from Ireland don't you you're big in Asia is it yeah we're off to Asia next month we're in Singapore next month we're in Jakarta next month we're in uh, Kuala Lumpur um, we've just finished all the, the um festivals in Denmark and Sweden for the summer every weekend since July we've been doing uh, big festivals in, in Denmark all, all different cities in Denmark and Sweden um, we, last Friday we did the um, Carfest festival with Chris Evans it's a big charitable event 20,000 people the week before we did Falls Park in Belfast um, over 18,000 people turned out um, I mean if you look at our, our, our Instagram you can see we're just loving loving life and having the time of our life you ever miss Coronation Street? Um can you remember Coronation Street? I always can very, very well. It's years ago now. Very, very well. You know, when I, when, I did, when I did Coronation Street, the people that were in it were the iconic stars of a Coronation Street. You know, Mike Baldwin, Fred Elliott, Bet's, Be- Betty Driver, Bet's Hot Pot, Jack Duckworth, Vera Duckworth, Deirdre Barlow. When I did it, all the iconic stars were in it. I worked with all those people. They're all gone now, God That's 20th century Coronation Street, yeah. really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but that's think about the, it. 2000 and, Yeah, it was then. 2002, <laughs> I think, is when I started. Oh, so you're into the 21st century. Yeah, right, 2002 okay. is when I started. But, you know, then you, you didn't have the likes of Netflix and Amazon and Apple and TV. You, you didn't have all the different kind of um, platforms that you have now. So a lot more people watched it back then. And it was a great experience. It was a great learning curve. You know, I got thrown in the deep end and they work really, really hard. I mean, that's so, soap is, is one of the toughest gigs in the you game. You are a grafter. You work hard. But something else I want to ask you about working hard at. I am going to put up a photograph after this is broadcast showing us in the studio and showing what great shape you're in because you were a fair bit heavier earlier this year weren't you you do at times and Paul is going to be laughing at this you let things slip and then you work like a dog to get yourself back into the physical shape that's mm. your best yeah yeah. I, I saw a picture of myself on stage in January and uh, I actually looked like my own security guard on stage I was huge now, I, I never stopped training my diet changes that's all you know and I, I never really look fat I just I, you know, I look big and too big for stage. So I, I made a conscious effort. My health wasn't great. I had a difficult year last year. I lost my dad. That had its own effects on me. Um, I, I dealt with a few health issues and I just needed to, to get myself back on track. Paul has always been there to, to help me get myself back on track. I've been, I've been training with Paul since 2007, um, 15 years ago now nearly. When um, started in Boys Home. 
<laughs> yeah, when I started, yeah, well, that's yeah, something I read recently, yeah. Um, but, it was a little bit earlier, boys, on, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, back earlier. in 93, 14 yeah. years previous to that. Um, yeah, I didn't like the way I looked. I know how to train. Paul Paul has not only been my trainer, but he's been a kind of a guru to me with my with my, my nutrition and knowing how to look after myself. Um, and it's great for your mental your mental health as well you know sometimes you know you can drop the head a little bit and give up um, and there's nothing better than to setting yourself a challenge and coming back I'm not going to ask you about what the health issues were last year because those were personal but are you okay now to take on a big challenge like the one you're going to do because for those who may be coming in later who missed it just the challenges again climbing a mountain up to 5,400 metres after that a cycle a cycle across the African plains for a few days and then we're, we're rowing up the, the river Tama Okay, how's your rowing? That's the one bit you probably um, haven't done yeah, well, before, isn't it? You know, it's it's it, none of these things are disciplines that I, that I've practiced over the years. But I mean, we'll be in the gym, we'll use the rowing machine, we'll do the best we can to 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 emulate okay, what we're going to do. As well. But you're able to do all this. I'm very I'm very so fit at the moment. I'm happy to, to say you have to be signed off by a doctor. You have to have a full health check before you take this on as well with the company. They won't sign you up unless you have which, it. Which is possibly something people should be doing if they're doing more basic triathlons or Ironmans or whatever should they be everybody doing should do it everybody should get a full health check before they take on the training and the endurance like it's I'm a big advocate of that really should if people want to support the charity where do they go go to the, my website Keith Duffy Foundation website everything is on there there's a link on there if you want to donate any money towards it um, every, everything is there you'll see everything I'm doing on there just thinking on the row will you have to out row crocodiles Um. We might have to outswim them if we fall out of the boat. I don't know, but, uh, but like there is that thing. Like a couple of people said, well, I'm cycling across the game reserve. Uh, one guy said, "Would well, I? I won't be able to outcycle a lion." I said, "I'll outcycle you." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's all I have to worry about. So once I can row faster than Keith, I'm okay. <laughs> Paul Byrne from Body Burn, Keith Duffy. Great seeing you. Thank you very much for coming in. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from four thirty. Today.